You are now listening to Smoke After Dark. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Smoke After Dark. Tonight's episode, we detail the mysterious death of Linda Sherman. Linda Sherman was a 27-year-old woman employed by the U.S. government records in St. Louis, Missouri. She had one daughter named Patty. Linda was married to Don Sherman. Linda and Don's love had hit a rough patch. A family struggling to make ends meet finally hit a wall. Linda wanted out and threatened to take Patty in the divorce. After things got worse, Linda did just that, filing for divorce from Don Sherman in spring of 1985. A story that happens all too often. But this story hasn't been told enough. Linda worked nights and pulled long hours working for Uncle Sam. Back in 1985, they did things the old-fashioned way. At around 2.16 a.m. on April 22, 1985, Linda clocked out for her shift. A night That would ultimately be the beginning of tonight's mystery. Don worked opposite shifts of Linda. Linda, exhausted from work, arrived home, and again was in an argument with Don. Led her to sleep on the couch. That morning, Don took their daughter Patty to school, a responsibility Linda usually took care of. Patty was surprised that her mom, Linda, didn't say goodbye. Patty also told detectives that her mother was not moving and facing the couch when she left home. Don maintains he did not return home after dropping Patty off for school. Instead, he claims he returned home later that afternoon at that time. At the time, Linda should have left for work. Don's statement to police is truly bizarre. Don tells police Linda drove off at 6 p.m. However, no witnesses could verify that story. Linda never clocked in for work. Taking it a step further, Linda hadn't been heard from. Don does something odd when Linda doesn't arrive home for work. He had been under the pressure, Don, that Linda was having an affair. And he had presumed she had run off with another man, and he was quite fine with that. Two days pass before he contacts police about her disappearance. And Linda's family is adamant at this point. They're worried. They're fearful of her safety. Linda's family, fearing the worst, knowing the difficulties and tumultuous history between Don and Linda's marriage. They immediately expected foul play. After Linda's parents urged Don to contact police when she did not return home, 
Linda's brother-in-law Sam Miller and family member Fran took it upon themselves and set out looking for Linda. On a hunch, they pulled into the short-term parking of the Lambert Airport. They were right. Lisa's Volkswagen Beetle was sitting right there. After looking in the car, they noticed a jubilee of Linda's items, notebooks and such on the seat. The doors were locked, so they contacted airport security. Airport security was able to open the trunk, which they suspected Linda to be in. She was not. No evidence of foul play was found in Linda's vehicle. Days had passed since Linda's disappearance when a startling revelation occurred. Don says he's seen Linda with another man in a van when she ducked out of sight. That was the last known sighting of Linda Sherman. Five years had gone by, but all hope had not been lost. On June 28, 1990, two flight attendants stumbled upon a ghastly discovery while dining at Casa Gallardo's restaurant. A human skull staring at them right through the window on the bushes outside. Police Chief Walter Murtet was called to the scene. Based on his neat and tidy description of the area, the skull had been determined to have been planted there. Recently, a nearby cemetery had been relocated, which means bodies were being exhumed and graves were being moved. Police chalked this up as a prank. Casa Gallardo Restaurant was one of Don's local hangouts. When I say local hangout, I mean a place he went two to three times a week. While eating there later that day, he heard about the skull being found and assumed the killer knew him or knew he hung out there. Fourteen months later, on September 16, 1991, a mysterious letter arrived at the Vanita Park Police Station. The letter was stamped and read in bold capital letters, Bridgeton Police have L. Sherman Skull. Lieutenant Michael Webb determined this was a letter from the killer, poking fun at them for missing something in the case. The letter was unsealed, no fingerprints, and no DNA could be extracted from it. Lieutenant Michael Webb then had the skull matched to Linda Sherman's dental records. At that time, dental records concluded the skull was a match of Linda Sherman, her daughter Perry, and family were devastated by the news. They all held out hope that she had just left and was alive somewhere. The case was quickly turned into a homicide investigation instead of a missing persons case. Don was the main suspect in this case. Without a body or DNA evidence, Don could not be charged with the murder of his wife, Linda Sherman. 
Police and Linda's family confirmed that she was having an affair with a co-worker. Upon interviewing the co-worker, he had an airtight alibi and was immediately ruled out as a suspect. Don believes Linda ran off with another man and shortly met her end. Police have a different perspective on the case. The skull showing up at the Casa Gallardo restaurant never sat right with detectives. They believe Don wanted to remarry, and the disturbing letter they received led them to point at Don. However, with no evidence to link Don to the crime, he was never charged nor convicted. So what happened with this case after all these years? For starters, we know police sent Cadvier sniffing dogs to Perryville, which is 75 miles south of St. Louis, where they believe Linda Sherman's remains to be buried on a hunch. Linda Sherman's remains were never found at Perryville. What about suspects? After ruling out Linda's co-worker, it only left Don. Don passed away on May 7, 2015, at Regional Health Center in Mount Vernon, Illinois, for unknown reasons. No suspects have been named since. Police Chief Michael Webb passed away in 2009. Linda's brother Dennis passed away in January 2016. Leaving the impression this case may never be solved, Police hope new technology and soil sampling, among other things, will help them catch Linda Sherman's killer and bring him to justice. God rest Linda's soul, and whoever her killer is will have to answer to God for their crime against humanity. This episode appeared twice on Unsolved Mysteries. Um, for those of you that are big fans of the show, uh, in season 11 with Robert Stack and in season one with Dennis Farina, who I absolutely a major fan of Dennis Farina. Big fan of Robert Stack too, but Dennis Farina, t- top of the list. Uh, you know, you really have a bizarre scenario where I'd like to unpack a little bit bit of this for you and play detective with you. Um, So there's a couple things, a couple ways to look at this and a couple things to hit on. One is that if Don was the killer, he would have had to have that skull for five years. Based on the skull's analysis of how old it was they said Linda had died a few years ago so do they mean a few as in five or less or do they mean a few as in what we know as a few is like two or three years maybe four 
but he would have had to had this for five years if that's the case then there's the question of the bizarre letter now Don doesn't strike you when you've heard him speak in the show and and kind of what I've gathered from this case he doesn't strike you as a conniver as someone who's a mastermind someone would have to be very careful very sophisticated to be able to send this letter and not have any piece of DNA attached to it. Very spooky. But it, when you see the image of Don, you hear Don talk, you don't get that, that feeling from him. Sure, there is the fact of them having the abusive relationship where he was uh, violent against her. She had the order of protection against Don, her husband. But that doesn't answer the main questions. As in, who planted the skull? Who sent the letter? And who killed Linda Sherman? On top of, where are the rest of her remains located? If Don was the killer, as police presumed him to be, he would have gone to his grave with this. An ex-girlfriend of Don's said that he confessed to her that he did kill Linda Sherman. But that you have to take with a grain of salt, knowing how relationships are fragile and people will lie on each other and say whatever they can on each other to basically do do more harm to that person than what they can initially do. So you have to take that in with a grain of salt. Their rocky relationships can breed a lot of lies and a lot of controversy. So you have to take that in with a grain of salt. Not to call her a liar, just saying that that's how police perceived it. You're a, an, uh, an angry ex-girlfriend. Um, you know about his past. This is not surprising that you would say something like this after you two are no longer together. So you have to take that with a grain of salt. But the co-worker that she was having an affair with. Do you feel like they pressed him enough? He had an airtight alibi. Now with that, it's it's like any other thing you've seen where the police really kind of in a way back off okay you have an alibi you know someone can ver- someone's backed the alibi up and it's verified so it's hard to go after that person all I'm saying is did they press him enough about was she involved with any other people was she involved with any of this and maybe he just didn't want to say maybe he was scared but those type of questions that type of investigating is what was needed in this case at a way earlier time. Because when they had found the skull, it had been dismissed as a prank. Meaning that they didn't believe it. They had no reason to link it to Linda. So 
you can understand why they would say, hey, this is a pr- this is more of a prank than anything. There's cemeteries being moved around. There's uh, this is a time back in these days where uh, grave robbing and grave digging very common. Um, so you have to also keep that in mind. But when they were able to match the skull to the dental records, they're able to basically decipher that Linda was, uh, she was murdered. She was killed. So this was no accident, um, because they were able to confirm that based on her dental records. But the problem they don't have is, or the problem they had was the, the body, finding the actual body. So they're hoping with the new technology and the soil sampling, among other things, is going to lead them to the remains, wherever those are. But I also want you to put this in perspective before we wrap up uh, today's program. Don uh, and, and Linda had been together uh, in Missouri, right? Don had moved from Missouri to Illinois. So he had left a lot behind, right? Because it tells you he had passed away Mount Vernon Regional Health Center. That's that's a quite a bit of ways from uh, Venita Park, Missouri. So something had provoked Don to move. Um, we have no other details why. We just know that it could have been something about him and in, in, in the community. Maybe he didn't like how he was perceived anymore. He couldn't go to the local hangouts anymore. And you know what I mean? Feel comfortable because people had looked at him like he had murdered his wife, even though he was never charged, never convicted and presumed innocent until proven otherwise. But it all begs the question, and it all points to this technology and the soil sampling that can lead, in the future it will be good enough to lead detectives to Linda Sherman's remains. How much of her remains will be left? What will actually, what actually will they be able to recover is a very tough question, if they're able to recover anything at all. So I've done everything I can to lay this case out for you. I hope you enjoyed the show today. I hope you enjoyed playing a little bit of detective. Uh, Share with your friends. Like, comment, and subscribe. You don't want to miss the next episode of Smoke After Dark. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone. Thank you.